0: We talked about Esther last week. Remember, God is not mentioned in Esther at all, but we can see his hand working in Esther and Mordecai in in the whole book. Uh, I would go back and and encourage you to read it or watch five minutes with Frankie last week. And we we got deeper into Esther and what happened and how it's applied for us today. But we are here and talking about Palm Sunday. You're like, how are you going to put Job and Palm Sunday together? Well, here we go. Okay. Um, The story of Job. So, we, we get this picture in heaven of, uh, God and Satan. And Satan was roaming around the earth and he, he went up with all the other angels and, and, and God said, uh, where have you been? Now, God knows where he was. Okay? Uh, but he was kind of seeing what Satan would say. And so, uh, Satan said, um, well, you know, I've been roaming back and forth and, and there's this person and his name is Job. And he said, well, you've, you've taken protection over him and he's serving you because he's protected at all things. And God said, well, he won't curse my name if I take all these away. And Satan, okay, let's do that. And he gave Satan permission and he it took away a lot of things in his life. Except his wife. His wife said, curse God and die. And then Satan comes back and he says, well, just because you took everything away, his health, maybe he's, he's praising you because he's healthy. And God says, you can take everything away from him except his life. And so he went down and he gave him boils and, and he was just rancid. He actually took potter pottery and scraped his wounds because they were so hurtful. And then his friends came around, and they kind of didn't give him great wisdom. You know those friends who say that they're really friends, but when you're in a difficult situation, they just, they blame you. They blame you for everything. And they weren't really giving Job good wisdom, because now see, Job didn't know anything that was happening before that, and actually Job never got his answer afterwards. Now, God did answer him in a couple chapters, and you'll see how he answers them. But Job was faithful, even when things were taken away from him. Even when his health is hurtful, and he was getting hurt by his friends. Interesting thing, at the end of the book, he actually repents to God, and then he prays for his friends, and then he gets, Now, not that we do these things for God, but he got double back what he lost. Because he was faithful. And so you're thinking, wait a minute we're, we're talking about Job and we're talking about Palm Sunday Well, when Jesus rode into Jerusalem He was giving answers to the people who were crying out Now, they might not like the answer They might have not understood the answer But Jesus is the answer And so we can learn from Job how we can point ourselves to the king of kings and the Lord of lords who came in and they cried Hosanna. And so Job's friends were kind of saying, well, because you sinned, because you did something wrong, God is punishing you. And Job stood up for himself said, look, I, I did nothing wrong. I, I honored God in my life. And, with, and he actually sacrificed extra sacrifices just in case his kids were sinning, just in case. And so he was close to God in his heart. And Job didn't have all the answers. And so in Job 42.7, this is God answering Job. And, and, and God says this. He, he says, were you there when I created the earth? Were you there when I laid the foundations? Were you there when I made the Leviathan and the behemoth? Were you there when I put the stars in heaven's? And put them in place and named them. Were you there when the universe was expanded? Now, what do you think Job said? Or in his heart? No, I wasn't there. (laughs) And so after all these chapters of God responding to them, he says this. After the Lord had said these things to Job, he said to Elphaz, the Temanite, I am angry with you and your two friends... This is God actually telling the, the friends this. I'm angry with you and your two friends because you have not spoken the truth about me as my servant Job has. God actually said, hey, your, your friends are not giving you good wisdom. I have presented myself to Job and said, look, can you answer all these things? And Job did not sin in any of these things. And yet the, the friends were like, well, he sinned. He did something wrong. He's he's not, he's not going to you know, be blessed by God. Even God told the friends, look, you have done something wicked. And the friends didn't have answers. Job didn't have answers. And sometimes we don't have the answer. And sometimes that hurts us. And we're like, well, why, God, can't you just explain yourself? Can't you just do this? Can't you do this? He has created us. He loves us and He has a purpose for us, but He does not have to explain Himself. Do I have to explain myself every time I discipline my child? Well, now I do because they're almost adults and, you know, they said, Why do you do that, Dad? Anyway. But when they were kids, when they were children in my house, do you think I really had to explain every time? No, but sometimes I did, and sometimes I didn't. It didn't make me a bad father if I didn't tell them. I just knew what was best for them. Same with God. He's our father. He doesn't have to tell us every reason why he does something. We have to have faith. We also ask him why. When we see or experience intense suffering, we have to remember that we, it won't last long. That we're only a blip on the radar. If you fill this whole sanctuary with marbles, and there was one black marble, that would be what our life is now. Eternity would be all the other marbles. Just think of how many marbles could fit in here. That's one day in eternity. Just because we're suffering now. Does not mean that we're going to suffer for the whole eternity. Let us rejoice and have faith. Even if we don't have the right answers. Sometimes it's even better. To be with somebody. And just sit there with them. Without answering. Because sometimes we are foolish in our answering. Well they're in a better place. You know how much I hate That saying at funerals? That person is in pain. That person is wretched in heart. They are missing that person. And you're sitting there, they're in a better place. Does that comfort anybody? No, they're missing that person. Now, maybe later down the road, maybe like months afterwards, maybe when they healed a little bit, you can say, yeah, I mean they were suffering They were, were, but at that moment, at that funeral you really think that's what they want to hear sometimes you just go online you hug them and you don't know what to say and you move on sometimes we just say the foolish things because we don't like what? ah, we get nervous when it's silent Jesus was coming in to Jerusalem. He was the answer. We don't need any other answer. We just need Jesus. John chapter 12, 12 through 16 says, The next day the great crowd had come for the festival, heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out palms huh, and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young. Here we go, ready? Go ahead and make fun of me. Donkey. And sat on it, and is written, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming seated on a donkey col- donkey's colt. At first his disciples didn't understand all this. Wait a minute, even his disciples didn't understand all this? They didn't have all the answers either. Just because Jesus was physically with them didn't mean that they had all the answers. And what are we to him? We are his disciples. We don't have all the answers. God does. We seek him for truth. We seek him for answers. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him. That these things had been done to him. Hello. Now, on the other side of the cross, they, they read these things in the Old Testament like, it was about Jesus the whole time. The light bulb went on. You know how when you're teaching in class and you're teaching this for months and months and Katie, what do they do? They go, <gasps> and you're like, yes. Finally, the light bulb turns on. Some of them, well, their light bulb never turns on. But anyway, it's great feeling when somebody goes, I know it now. The disciples knew the answer. It was Jesus. But we have to realize we don't have all the answers, but God does through praying and seeking the truth and reading the Bible and being with other Christians to comfort us. And so, as we are comforted through our suffering, even if we don't get the answer, Job suffered a lot too. What did he really need? Was it correction? Was it theories about suffering? Was it... Them saying now you're a sinner and you're suffering because you've done something wrong. No, he did not eat any of that thing. Those things. He needed someone there just to sit by him and comfort him. But his friends were miserable. Actually, it says in the Bible they were miserable comforters. Wouldn't that be great if somebody wrote a book and then, you know, a thousand years afterwards saying you're a miserable comforter. It's in the Bible. Those friends should have sat there and prayed for them. But no, they had to open their mouth and leave no doubt that they were foolish. Job (laughs) 16.2 This is great. This is Job responding to his friends. Even right in the beginning, Job's responding here. I have heard many things like these. You are miserable comforters, all of you. And yet they still went on and said he did something wrong. (laughs) Instead of comforting, they added more grief to the situation. When he needed was friends and to increase his faith in God and pray and encourage him. But no, they sat there and said he did something wrong. His friends were at the best when they first arrived because they just were sitting there with him. In John chapter 2 verse 13. But then they just opened their mouths. When we see Palm Sunday, Jesus is a great comforter. Before he went into Jerusalem, what did he do before that? Anybody know what he did before that? We know about Palm Sunday, but very rarely do we see it. What? The fig tree. No. The donkey ride. True, he didn't have the donkey, but he healed and raised Lazarus. Job 11, 33-35 says, When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied, in the shortest verse in the Bible, which has the most impact on people who are suffering. What does it say? Jesus wept. Now this is not any. Uh, normal Greek word. Okay, this is not like Jesus just sat there and cried, he got a tear in his eye, and it was just streaming. You know, the movies just streaming down the face, and oh. Ah. No, he wept. You know what wept, wept means? He screamed out, crying in agony that his friend died, and that these people were suffering, and that he was there, and he was deeply moved. I mean, down to the core of his being. Sometimes we just need to weep with others. We need to be there. It's awesome that he's our comforter. Look at John chapter 12, verse 1 through 2. Six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived. Now, he's already resurrected him, right? This is, this is, this is so cool. Whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here, a dinner was given in Jesus' honor, Martha served, while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Dude, he was dead. He was, he was in the grave. He came back to life. What, what would have Jesus said if he just said, come out of the grave? Guess how many people would come out of the grave? Everybody. He specifically had to say, Lazarus, rise. I wonder if other Lazarus around the world rose at the same time. Anyway, just a question in my head that I'm going to ask him when I get up there. But it's cool. He was was reclining with a person who was already dead and yet is alive. Guys, we were dead in our sins and now we are alive in Christ. Our job is to be like Jesus in this world We're supposed to comfort people We're supposed to be there for them We're supposed to pray for them We're supposed to encourage them Not backbite or point the finger Or condemn them to hell We're supposed to be there for them Job had nobody Except God And when nobody's around Hopefully our comfort comes from Jesus first Even if we're not getting comforted By our family, our friends, our enemies The world The world our spouse, at least Jesus weeps for us. He's moved deeply by our prayers and our suffering. So we don't have all the answers. Job didn't have all the answers. Job didn't get comforted. But Jesus was coming on Palm Sunday to say, I am going to bring you the comforter. If we have the Holy Spirit, we are comforted beyond all measure. Look at John 14, 16. And I will pray to the Father, and he shall give you another. What? Comforter. This is not a blanket, okay? The, the comforter that you're you're sleeping with. This is the comforter who is inside, who is closer than a brother. How can we be closer than the brother? where you have to live inside of me, because my brother's pretty close to me. That he may abide with you how long? Forever. Starting now, when you become a Christian, till Well, I can't even know how much forever is. There's no end to forever. So we can't even grasp that, how long the Holy Spirit will be there to comfort us. So we don't have all the answers. So what? We have faith in Jesus. We have the great comforter, the Holy Spirit. But it should shake us to our core to look for answers, to look for the truth. To look for Jesus in a situation it's natural to ask why when we suffer what's happening why Why is it continuing why is this happening to me the conversation between Job and his friends went back and forth until God finally intervened and questioned Job I just think that blows my mind Job was seeking the answer but God answered him with a question Job was questioning and God said here's another question but then Job said okay you know more than I do. I'm going to have faith in you. So, in Job 42, verse 5-6 through six, says this. My ears had heard of you. Job heard about God. But now my eyes have seen you. Seen you in your sufferings? Yeah. We can see Jesus. Actually, Jesus tells us To be joyful in our sufferings. And the world's scratching their head like, wait a minute, you've you've done what? You've lost this, you've lost this, you've lost this. You have this happening to you, you have this happening to your family, and you're still praising God. Yep. I might not have all the answers, but I'm going to seek Him who is the answer. And Job did the same thing. My ears had heard about God, but now my eyes have seen God. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. I wish we would do that more. God, I don't have all the answers. And I'm repenting, and I'm coming to you from the answer. And if you don't give it to me, I'm going to stay faithful. But no, we have to have explanation. No, we have to have blame. We have to blame God for this, or blame that for that. Sometimes you just need to have stronger faith. Sometimes you just need to be comforted and held tightly by God's. Hand. We suffer because the world has fallen. Other people's mistakes. The devil working overtime. Or we just need to have faith that God knows best. Look at John chapter 12, 27 through 33. Now my soul was troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No. It was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd was there and heard it said and it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus said this voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. He asked for the Father to let this hour pass. But he knew that he had to go to the cross. And he is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. And nobody comes to the Father except through Jesus. Job didn't have all the answers, but God does. Job's friend didn't comfort him very well, but God comforts. Job suffered, and he found the answers in faith. Our human minds can't conceive what God has done or will be doing or in the future or with us, but our faith may increase. As we suffer more. And we will suffer. There's nothing in the Bible that says it's going to be a bed of roses or wonderful life. But your spiritual body has a wonderful life. Because you're connected to the one who comforts, who helps, and who brings peace. Let's show the world that more in our lives. God can be there in our sufferings. Let's pray.